Sweet Dog and Friends, it's your boy, Sweet Dog, Dirt Dog, Skate Dog, Father, the Gingerbread Man, Dr. Seymour Holes, Ill Bill, uh, Helta Smelter, a bunch of other things. I'm here in the building. Wow, you did that with a straight face. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in here with my boy, William H. Gutter Punk. Everybody else knows him as William Hall, but what's up, man? How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice little weekend. Although it's raining today. Yeah. A lot. Raining yesterday. Raining yesterday. Yeah, I was at a barbecue, but I was sitting outside because I refused to like sit inside in a stuffy house with a bunch of people in it. Yeah. And so I was just sitting in the okay. rain just for sitting in the rain. a couple of hours. That's cool. It's a lot of bugs. You notice that? Like with all this rain? It's a lot yeah. of bugs. They pop up and yeah, at obnoxious. first they don't bother you and then you're like, yo, you, they won't leave me alone. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's do this, man. I'm glad we got that out of the way. The burp? Yeah. Oh, there's gonna be plenty more of those. I got a Guinness along with this PBR, so it might be a few more burps. All right. Integrated into the show today. We, you want to start talking about football? Yeah. Yeah. Have you watched any of the preseason stuff? I've been I've been watching betting lines, which is oh. weird because what's interesting there? Uh, I I haven't known that much about betting. Because uh, I stopped gambling a few years ago. I went to a casino one time with my grandmother. I lost like $300. And I was like, I'm never gambling again. Good for you. But a guy that I was working with yesterday showed me. Uh, or last week, he, I saw him on Instagram. Like, yo, I'm about to go put my bets in. And I'm like, I was looking at what time of the year it was. And he never was talking about it with baseball. So I was like, is this guy betting on preseason football games? And he has been. And he's been making a little bit of money. And uh, I just <coughs> didn't know that. I think that's why football is the most, the biggest money making sport as a league, but not as a player sport because you could really make some dough off of these like non important, not like games that you're not going to watch, but you're just like, they're giving the Panthers one and a half against the Jaguars in this preseason game or whatever, some dumb shit like that. And you're like, all right, yeah, let me get, let me get this money really quick. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, right? Because like guys who make a lot of money um, betting sports, like tend to find inefficiencies, yeah. and that's where you can make money is that you just put way more time in than anybody else did. Mm-hmm. And so preseason, there's so much more variance on. Yeah. Um, like if you follow enough to know how many quarters, like the starters starting, like when yeah. the starters are coming one and out. A half, he's doing two drops or whatever. Yeah. So you know people. People who bet casually who have been missing, like, you know, football gambling. And so they're just seeing, you know, the Eagles are playing. Eagles are um, playing the Patriots. Yeah. Or even something something different than that. Like, the Eagles are playing. um, Trying to think of, like, a good bad team. Like, um, like if they were playing the the Bengals or something like that, right? Like, you would just see that. And, like, let's say it was, like, plus three for the Eagles. Like, you're definitely taking. Um, the Eagles to win that, yeah. but if I'm following it and I know that, like, I mean, Wentz is obviously still out, but like, I know they're Wentz gonna like pull out. the starters like halfway through the first quarter. Meanwhile, the Bengals are treating it more like a because guys are fighting for jobs. Yeah, because like there's always that thing in football where three weeks into the preseason, we're like, yo, this team is two and one, they're three and zero, oh. they got these young guys balling. It looks like they might actually do something this season, and then. Five weeks into the season, they're like, oh, preseason means nothing. These guys suck ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, I was really interested in uh, some of the narratives. Me and you were talking uh, on Friday night. We ran into each other at the bar about that kid. I forget his name, but he was in this contract dispute with his team. He's a rookie. And he wanted some of the language taken out of his contract because he was like, this doesn't 
this only hinders me. This doesn't benefit me at all. Some right. stuff about like penalties and weird shit. And I felt like uh, it was a good thing for the league and for his players. I can't even remember the details of it right now. But it was a good thing for the league and his players because it shows that like uh, the players are trying to take more control and trying to make it more of a player's league like the NBA and how baseball is. Where, you know, contracts favor the player, situations favor the player just more often. This summer we dealt with, uh, or we saw Le'Veon Bell basically have a breakup with his team. But, yeah. like, almost like the end of a marriage. Where, like, it takes a year, but he he's still going to be there. But, like, we all know that at the end of the season he's not going to be a stealer anymore. Right. And it's just weird because no other sport really handles these situations like this. It had to be nervous, too, because... Um I kept him in the first round of my fantasy league. Yeah. And if I'm him and I know I'm going to be gone, I'm not putting my body through it this year. Like, I mean, I'll go out, but, like, I'm not. But that's the only way to guarantee what you want is to put yourself out there. Yeah. But I don't. I can go at 90. I can go at 90% if I'm Le'Veon Bell. 80, 85. Something like that. Like, I don't have to. He's really talented. But on the other side, maybe he does because if he really wants, like, a big multi-year next season, then. Yeah. He's gonna need to show that, like, no, five years and 110 million on me isn't wasted. Yeah, like in basketball and baseball, you could just—they'll just get rid of you. It makes more sense for them to trade you than to just let you go. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. Like Manny Machado was with the Orioles. It's, it's been clear from mo- right months before the trade deadline. He's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. And right, they're, and they're like, all right, yeah, whatever. And now, yeah. he, now he's gone. Where's he at? The Dodgers now or something? He's with the Dodgers now. And it's a perfect fit. It's something that it didn't take two summers to happen. It didn't take uh, a year of arguing. It's just like, look, man, we not this, We don't see eye to eye. This isn't where I want to be. Let me go. Right. It's just a shame that football doesn't work that way sometimes. Because yeah. running backs have a short shelf life. He's already been the best running back or one of the best three past two and a half seasons. Yeah. Three seasons. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, so yeah. you got two and a half more seasons of that. You don't want to waste one playing for the Steelers when you know that, you know, you don't have a future there. Yeah. Yeah, and going back to Machado, to be fair to Machado, the Orioles said we're not keeping you either. Like, that, that that's a yeah, straight yeah, money yeah. situation. Like, Yeah, they were like, it doesn't make sense for us. <coughs> no. It, it, I mean, it would be like it would be like having a Lexus sitting in front of a, of a double a trap wide. House? Yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um. So... You were mentioning gambling, so I actually looked up like the Super Bowl lines. This would be interesting. Yeah. So, the 2019, this this was the opening, so I don't know how it's moved since it opened. Um, and the opening being as of, oh, wow, this is back in February. February? Yeah. After the Super Bowl? Right yeah, Super never mind. I don't like this. I don't want to know what it no, was. No, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. All right. Well, that's fine. Actually, you know, it probably hasn't moved all that much. Yeah, I mean it's probably moved, but it probably hasn't, hasn't been a the summer. order. Probably hasn't changed. It hasn't all been that a much. summer of big moves for the NFL. So, so the Patriots opened at plus four hundred. Okay. They were that was those are the best or those are the worst odds you can get, um, and that makes sense to me. I don't think they're the best team in football, but they're so much better than everything in the AFC. Like they're yeah. they're so far in first place. AFC, in the AFC has been horrible for like four and a half years now. Yeah, and it's only gotten worse. Yeah. Like it, it's almost and. and yeah, we should talk about that at some point. Like how they're turning into the Eastern Conference of the NFL. Yeah. Behind no- that is the Eagles at plus eight hundred. Okay. And I don't think that makes sense anymore in the NFC. Why? Um I think the Vikings got a lot better. But I think going from Case um Case Keenum, Keenum to Kirk Cousins is a big, upgrade, a big upgrade at the most important um, position on your team, yeah, uh, and they they returned He's on gone. the defense. They returned most of what they had last year, and what they had last year allowed the fewest yards and the fewest touchdowns of any uh, of any team in football. They were a better defense than the Jags. He's going to a team that's way. He's going to a city that's way colder than DC, though. That has to play some type of factor into it. You think for like not at the beginning of the season, not. Up until October, so in the neutral city, in the neutral, neutral city, city, I give you, I give you a chance to start a team, and I say you can have Case Keenum or you can have Kirk Cousins. I'm take Kirk Cousins, right? Yeah. That's fair. 
That is very fair. Do you? So yeah, I think uh, I think the, and I think the. I mean, I know the Rams got a lot better. They brought in Sue. Um, yes. They brought in Brandon Cooks. Also um, another great move. Who else? Is he in shape in? though. Brandon Cooks. Yeah. I mean, he's one of those I, guys. I have that, no idea. He's all. He's one of those guys that always looks like he's just ten pounds too heavy. Yeah, that team's so good. Like I just like the the skill. Yeah, yeah. They're just uh, they're the West version of the Eagles. It's kind of on oh a, yeah on a up in the past three years. Totally on the up. I mean, yeah. them and the Vikings. Like I think we're discounting the Rams and the Vikings. Not we. I think we as in as sports a, fandom, a sports collective. I yeah. think is uh discounting the Eagles or not the the Vikings and the, the, Vikings Rams, and the Rams because they lost ugly in a couple of playoff games. But, but those two teams also have the hardest road to a championship. The Eagles, are, the Eagles are in a division that hasn't caught up to them in the past two years. I don't know. Like, and the Cowboys will be the Cowboys. I don't think the Cowboys or the Giants are give me games. I think the I think the Redskins could be. But although Jay Gruden let Kirk Cousins walk yeah. because he thinks Alex Smith is that much better. Which is ridiculous. I think it's a little ridiculous. It's a really a ridiculous statement. How old, yeah. how old is Alex Smith at this point? He's 31. Ooh, it's got to be at least 31. 31. And Kirk's like, what, 27? Something like 26, that. 26, not that young, maybe. Maybe 27. I don't, I don't know, man. I just feel like they might not be easy games to win. They might not, like, as you say, gimme games. But don't, these are those are the teams that aren't getting... They they are like fighting for five hundred, like the Giants are fighting for five hundred. They have a lot of turmoil. The Cowboys uh, just let Dez go, which might be good for the locker room, but won't be good for the the players on the field during game time. Yeah, but like, what do the Rams have to deal with? I'll give you the Vikings because if you're in a division with Aaron Rodgers, that's yeah, sucks. you got you got a real problem yeah. every year. But I mean, they're a much better team than the Packers. So we're just, we're doing the LeBron thing there where we're going, well, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Um, but with, um, yeah, the NFC West. The like, NFC West is still. The Seahawks are not what they were. Like, this, the Legion of Boom's gone. That's more, that's more of a fight than what the Redskins or the Cowboys can offer to the Eagles. I don't know. So you would rather play the 49ers and the Seahawks then have to deal with the Giants and the Cowboys? No, no, no. I'd rather deal with the Giants and the Cowboys. That's what I'm saying. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, because... I think I'd rather be the Rams. Because Pete, Car- Pete Carroll is definitely the best co- one of the best coaches to deal with. Like, he's not... He's not. He's definitely not giving giving away a game. Uh, the 49ers have players <clears throat> who are supremely annoyed with their position... And the, and the NFL is like they feel like they want more respect, and they and they got Jimmy Garoppolo who's like looking to make a big a big splash this year after after like you know nine months of people crowning him the next Tom, Tom Brady and calling it like one of the greatest trades of the last fifteen years. So they got they Which got is like, overblown. Yeah, but they have a lot to prove. So that's I'll ra- true. I'd rather go against the teams who are mediocre and don't whose position in the NFL really doesn't matter with their final win-loss record. You know what I mean? Like, the Cowboys' narrative won't change if they only won six games this year. Yeah, but with that owner, everybody in that organization is always fighting for a job. Like, because Jerry doesn't care. He'll get rid of you next year. He'll get rid of you in the middle of the season. He doesn't get rid of coaches. That's weird, right? I mean, he does until Jason Garrett. Yeah, he doesn't get rid of coaches, and he doesn't get rid of, like, you'll get two years to annoy him. Think about that. Like Des has been, Des was annoying the minute he came in, but it it took until this past summer for him to be like, we're not even going to offer you any any money. We're just going to let you. We're going to let you go. Right. Well, players are different though. So long as you perform, and he can't find a better replacement for you, he'll put up with any off the field stuff. There've been options for them to get better replacements though, and trade than Des, or like for them, like. They could have been a team that got Alshon Jeffrey. They could have been a team that got uh, Anqua Bolden a few years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, by the time Bolden left, like I don't know that that was an upgrade. Yeah, I guess maybe you're right. Anyway, and then <clears throat> with the <clears throat> with the Giants, um, 
that whole team's fighting for their jobs too. Like if Eli doesn't perform this year, Eli's not going to be the starting quarterback for the Giants next year. But sometimes um, it doesn't matter if you're fighting for your job if like your roster sucks. Like the if their roster doesn't suck, they got Saquon Barkley now. Um, LBJ will be back. They put another wide receiver back there with him that'll like take some like. Like, defenses can't sell out on, I said LBJ, OBJ. OBJ, yeah. Yeah, defenses can't sell out on OBJ anymore. And they upgraded the offensive line. He's coming line. off of, like, a, it was a, it was a break, right? I'm, or was I, it a muscle tear? I realized recently I'm really bad with, with NFL injuries. Somebody said to me the other day that Carson Wentz, like, it was broken ribs that he was coming back from, and it was definitely an ACL. <laughs> it was ACL. But it took, me, it took me until two hours after that conversation to, to go, be no, like, Whoa. it was an ACL. I always um, feel that way about sports, though. Where, like, I'm having a conversation, and it's flowing, and then I go back, and I was like, damn, I just said, either I said something really stupid, or somebody else said something really dumb, and I didn't, I didn't correct them. But, I mean, with injuries specifically, like, I know NBA injuries a lot better than I know NFL. Like, just in my head, like, my, I'm more cognizant of what the injury was, like... Like with Durant, I still know that Durant broke his foot. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and then they upgraded the offensive line, which is like their was their greatest um, weakness last year. Weakness here, yo. Yeah, it takes some time with that stuff, though. You know what I mean? Offensive line, like four weeks, three weeks. And Nate Solder, like, I think he plugs in place. Plugs in place. He does. You I'm not saying the rest of the who's offensive the co- line. Who's the coach does, of the but, Giants? Um. That bald dude, he's bald, right? Oh, I can't I remember. remember his name. I, I remember coaches by hair and... Uh, yeah, that's why I always remembered Ben McAdoo. Yeah. Yeah, no, man, I, this is terrible. I don't even know the... I don't even know off the top of my head the Giants... Uh, that's a damn shame. You're a New York boy. I know. It's terrible. How'd you pick... If you're from upstate New York, how'd you pick the Giants over the Jets? Jets suck. Same reason I picked the Yankees <laughs> over the Mets. Like, it's just nonsense. Hey, those dudes are whack. <laughs> yeah, like, and like, I probably should be a Bills fan because I lived right live, between. I lived a little closer like to New York middle. City than yeah. Buffalo, but I was mostly in the middle. And um, and the Bills went to four straight Super Bowls when I was a kid. But in my head, like that just meant they lost a lot. And yeah. like, it, it took me until I was older to realize, holy shit, they went to four straight they went Super to four Bowls. Four straight Super Bowls. That's, that's insane. That's really insane. It's really insane that they didn't win. Yeah. I saw some like Facebook posts where it was comparing Donovan McNabb's numbers to Jim Kelly's numbers. Okay. That's like the, Jim Kelly's first Battle Hall of Famer, and then McNabb is this guy that nobody likes. But then with football, it's always about not character, but just like how, you're, how the rest of the actual like players perceive you. And, like, people just perceive McNabb as a douchebag. And that's because he is. Yeah. And we saw, like, T.O. didn't get in on his first right. ballot. T.O.'s thing was kind of bullshit, though, because he definitely should have been first ballot. I think a lot of players would say, yeah, but yeah. some of the writers and guys that he spent years shitting on yeah. were like, fuck that. Yeah. I hate the way... This is one of my favorite things about the NBA, right? Yeah. Um, because you just said it, it matters how the players perceive you. What you really mm-hmm. matter is it matters how football perceives you. This like amorphous mm-hmm. family that like gets a say in who you are as a person. Like I remember that scene from Moneyball where Brad Pitt's sitting with um, whatever the actor is that played John Henry, yeah. the owner of the Red Sox, and um, he was talking about how happy he was that John Henry had hired Bill James. And he said, I never made sense to me why somebody didn't hire that guy years ago. And Brad Pitt goes, because well, baseball hates him. And yeah. he goes, baseball hates him. You know, the nice thing about money is you don't have to give a shit what baseball hates, what yeah. baseball likes, what baseball doesn't like, you know, stuff like that. And so um, I think every sport has that where there's like this family of like players, execs, coaches, things yeah. around the sport. People who are a part of the industry. Right. They get to like. 90%. They get to decide like what your place is in the family, and I think the NBA does that better. I'm more okay with how they do that than football or yeah. baseball because To was the perfect example. You know, you're saying like Should've how people first perceive ballot. Donovan is that. Yeah. Also, uh, ba- basketball and baseball are so much smaller rosters, and that definitely plays plays a factor into it because there's. No more than 450, 500 guys on NBA rosters every year. And it doesn't change every year. Right. You know what I mean? Like, 
a guy a guy will be around for a minute. Andre Miller played almost twenty seasons. Yeah. So like he's just eating up a spot. So yeah. obviously his opinion about what's going on in the league matters a lot more. Yeah. Than some writer. Right. I don't know. And then we're, it's just easier to agree on stuff in basketball. I guess it's just because it's such a player sport. It's almost no outside input. <coughs> it's just like your best five guys against our best five guys. Yeah. And that is it's clear. Right. It's not like any question. Yeah, it's not um baseball's like that too, you're right. Where like in football, like I the sport will eventually move to more of a line format to like yeah. how they do stuff, like making sure guys get plays off and stuff like that just cuz we know better now what it does to your body and how yeah. to like lengthen careers. We're tired of paying guys 60 million and then they don't they don't play more than like uh nine good games a season. Then right. after the third season, they're basically done. Yeah. I, I think the Patriots, like, if I could bet on this, I would bet on this. I think the Patriots, because there was all that talk, like, Gronk talked at the end of last year about how much he hurt and, like, you know, he didn't know how much longer he's going to play. Yeah. I'm guessing the Patriots went to him and said, Rob, listen, um, $14 million or whatever he's getting paid, uh, one season, uh, week two, you're going to um, tear a meniscus. Or something, something that you know has like a sort of ambiguous, um, like you know, a time timeline for, for yeah. yeah, and uh, that's gonna last until about week 13, 14. Yeah, um, and then you're gonna come back, uh, just to make sure, like, you know, we get you some actual game time. We're paying you for the postseason, dude. Um, that's because we're gonna win uh, the AFC East and we're gonna, oh, yeah, we're gonna, probably live, we're, we're gonna win 11 games without you. That's what happened with you. the uh, right. Seahawks, remember they, uh, I don't know if they traded for him, but remember that dude, Percy Harvin, who spent a yeah. handful of seasons in Minnesota getting banged up and not really being able to be on the field, but he had this like obvious talent that you needed for the postseason, and they got him, and then he spent all year on the bench and not even in pads, and then for like two, three, two and a half, three weeks, he like almost won him the Super, he won him the Super Bowl that year, so yeah, yeah fo- I don't know, football's getting smarter. For sure. They're, they're getting there. I don't know if they'll get they're there behind, fast enough. And they're behind like eight years. Yeah. Like all the things that they're finally recognizing. See, but they're the one sport. The one thing about them is that they're the one sport that could really bear to lose two. They could lose two weeks of the season. They could just go to 14 games. Oh, yeah. But they don't They don't want to. Because it's not like people don't support it's the money. preseason game. Yeah, it's just money. But like I don't think it will lose them. Like if the NBA... Got rid of eight games, like how they probably should, or ten games, how they really should. It w- it would cost them a lot of money. It wouldn't cost football anything. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It baseball, might. baseball, it would change the narrative too much. It would just like it would just screw over the players for the next thirty years. Yeah, you know I mean, and everything that they accomplished, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't affect football players, right? Because they haven't been playing sixteen games that long. That's it's true. been like what thirty years. Something like that, twenty five or whatever. And and you don't you don't care about the era to era comparisons in any other sport the way you do in baseball. So any change like that in baseball would totally. I mean, it's it's already a thing. Like comparing, you know, that there are. I'm sure. I don't. I've never run into one, but I'm sure there are people out there who, in their mind, the single season home run king is still um, Babe Ruth because uh, McGuire was dirty, Bonds Bonds was was dirty. dirty. And Maris had something like eight or nine more games to get to sixty-one than Ruth had to get to sixty. And nobody so, ever even nobody ever mentions Maris when they're talking about that shit. Well, the I young mean, guys, sure, the young guys who grew up post steroid era, they don't because we're all like kind of trained to. I mean, I'm a Yankees fan, so I I bring it up every time. But yeah, but Yankees fans, fucking yeah, you guys are the worst. Yeah, yeah. So do you want twenty-seven uh, rings, bro? You want to do your? Uh, you want to do top five in each uh, conference? Like who? Who's the five teams you think like have a legitimate NFC, shot? I could do NFC and like two AFC teams. All right. So NFC. So you do NFC. I'll do AFC. I got Eagles back. I got Eagles are number one, and not even just because I'm the home. You know, I'm a homer. Oh yeah, no, it's totally not because you're a homer. I think there's it, no chance it's because we're <laughs> sitting in a basement in Philadelphia, in Philadelphia where yeah. you grew up. No, yeah. absolutely we're not. We're drinking those butt lights that look like Eagles with the Eagles colors and stuff. No, I think uh I don't think enough has changed in this in the summer to just keep them from winning eleven games or twelve games again. Uh 
think you always got to put the Packers up there. Uh, the Rams are up there. Hmm. Are you going in order now? Is this one, two, three? No, nah, it's not any particular. Oh, okay. Well, the Eagles are one, but it's no particular order. Yeah. So Eagles, Rams, Packers. I guess I'll put the Vikings up there too. All right. And then five. Damn, I don't. I can't think of anyone that. All right. So for you, it's a top four, and then it's a top four. Else. Yeah. <clears throat> Because, like, I'm trying to think of who in the NFC South stands out to me. And it doesn't. Oh, I think the NFC South is very good. But they'll just beat each other up, though. And then, like, I, see, can't, I, I, can't, I can't differentiate which one will actually be able to survive that, that bloodbath. All right. I don't, see, I don't care about that so much. Like, to me, like, when I think about my top five, like, I, I think you're absolutely right. Nothing, not enough has changed for the Eagles to not win 11 or 12 games. They're bringing back too much from what they had last year. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm a doubter on Nick Foles as your 16-game quarterback. Yeah. And he I doesn't have to play 16. I don't like how cagey they're being about Carson Wentz's um, timetable for return. Like, Carson I don't... says he wants to come back week two or one. Yeah, right. He, he gave this long-winded, yeah. rambling answer the other day that was like, oh, it's not just about me. It's not just about what I need or what the team needs. The doctors have to get involved, too. And like he just like started pointing like in a million directions for like... And all this says to me is this is a smokescreen. Like, His we have no idea when you're going to be whatever you're going to be. Hey, and wait, wait, hold on really quick. Can we pause really quick, Chris? I have to pee. Boop, 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 boop. You were talking about uh, yeah, so, um, Eagles. Yeah, I, I'd be worried about uh, I'd be worried about the lack of um, a definite timetable for Carson Wentz's return and what he's going to look like when he does return. Yeah. Because, like, if there's any kind of rushing him back, well, then he's going to start getting hit again. Like, that that's what happens next. So, um, and then, so I'm fine with, so I'll, I'll put these in order at one point, but I'm, I agree with you with the Eagles being in there. I've already said why I think the Vikings are probably the best team in the, it's them or the Rams for me in the NFC, um, just given how balanced, like, how, talent, how yeah. excellent. Uh, the Vikings are on both sides of the ball, mm-hmm. um, and the upgrade they made to the most important position on the field, yep. and then the multiple upgrades um, the Rams have made a-, a year after they had the offensive, defensive players of the year and the best coach in uh, yeah. football. They went ahead and added Sud on the line. They brought in Brandon Cook. So, um, so yeah, I definitely think those three. And then I probably go the Saints, which were hmm. you know a miracle away from playing the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. Um, that is true. I totally forgot about them. And I totally forgot to mention them because I always feel like, you know, I like with basketball for like four years we were like Tim Duncan's going to retire this year or like this is going to be the year that Brett Favre finally falls off. I feel like I'm always on that type of with mentality Drew with Drew Brees. This well, so the- this this year they're moving. The the offense is shifting from like not so pass focused. Like they're gonna they're gonna be a more run focused team. I don't know if it's like, like 50, 50, 50, 50 finally instead of sixty forty. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's that or if it's a run first team, but like the idea that Drew Brees and the receivers are gonna get a break, um, because they're not gonna do that and sacrifice points and yards. Yeah. So unless it's, you know, about time management. Somewhere they're making the calculation that this makes sense, which just means you have a fresher breeze at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um I'm with you that my number five after those four is hard. I actually don't give it to the Packers because I don't. While I agree that Aaron Rodgers is the LeBron James of football, yeah, I don't think football allows for that as much. Sing, as, yeah, singular dudes, right? It has um, to be. He has to have you know a, a true core of dudes. Yeah, on at least his side of the ball. Yeah, to, I think. Um, I think if Des, he hasn't landed anywhere yet, right? He's still unsigned. Uh-uh, and it's the weirdest thing. So I think if Dez landed in Green Bay, I might move them into my top five. Yeah, because they just, lost Jordy Nelson, right? Right. Just because I think that, and this is funny because we always talk about, or yeah, receivers lengthening quarterbacks' careers. So like what OBJ's done for 
Eli. Eli and what Antonio Brown's done for, for ben. Roethlisberger. And so this would be a situation where Aaron Rodgers could lengthen Des Bryant's career just because he's that skilled and that accurate. Like he opens up things that Des Bryant Des Bryant doesn't have to do the work to like make sure um you know they can make a completion because Aaron Rodgers can do more than other quarterbacks can do. I probably give it to the Falcons though, but I, I do think there's a drop off between the top four and then that fifth one. Matt Ryan is so overrated to me. He's been okay. that way ever since they had that. Uh, remember that playoff game they had against the Seahawks like four years ago, five years ago. Yeah, I've just never been able to accept him as a top tier game winning quarterback. I think he he might be like the Alex Smith of the NFC for me. All right, or yeah, whatever Alex Smith used to be for the AFC. Yeah, and for the for the Chiefs, just like a guy who seems like he's. He should be really good and should be better than the talent around him suggests. But I just I just can't I just can't see it with him. That's fair. I, I I don't have any pushback to that. Like whether we call him an Alex Smith or whether we call him a um um he also has some um Philip Rivers type qualities about Yeah, him. that's another one. Yeah. But it's funny, I don't think of the Chris Paul the I don't NFL. think of like Philip Rivers and Alex Smith in the same category. I feel like Alex Smith has had chances he couldn't take advantage of, whereas Philip Rivers, I feel like, has made a crappy team look serviceable for his entire career. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, so then AFC. So I'll go first in the AFC, Yeah. Let me since you it. said you had one or two. Um, and I might not have more than that. So it's the Patriots. Of course. Right up there on top. Um, they, again, this is a nope to... Oh, sorry. So let me put the NFC in order. I probably go... Rams, Vikings, Eagles, Saints, Falcons. Falcons? Yeah. I think that's my five. I guess that's fair. In the NFC. I don't think it is fair. I think any Eagles fan can we'll like be can be really upset with me about that because I just took the Super Bowl champs who trashed the Vikings last year yeah. and um, Kirk Cousins doesn't make up 30 points of they difference. Never, the, but the thing with football is that you never go back right. for like the past 15 years. You just never. <clears throat> but that's true. But you can, you can, you can still, that's true. And so I'm probably doing a little bit of that too. That's, that's why you have them at three. If this was like, I'm also, I also root for a team in the same division as the Eagles. So like, yeah, yeah I'm you a little don't bit want of a hater. Yeah. I'm a little bit of a hater. You can, you can hate. It's fine. Yeah. I hate it on the Giants, even though I was happy that they won because I'm not the biggest Tom Brady fan. Oh yeah. Right. And I was just like, yeah, that's why I, I actually, right. I, I, I preferred the Eagles winning that game over the Patriots. Tired of those fucking dicks. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So AFC, mm-hmm. again, no particular order. So it's the Patriots. It's one that's easy. Yes. Um, although I think it's, the most vulnerable, and I feel like we say this every year, right? The defense was bad last year, and there's no argument that it's gotten better this year. But then over the last third of the season last year, all of a sudden it turned into a turned real into defense. A shit show. Yeah. Um, they lost Brandon Cooks, they lost um, Amendola. Yes. And so, and they that lost, might be a, losing Amendola might be a good thing. I don't know. They need that tiny slot guy. If they don't have that tiny slot guy, I don't know. I don't know how Bill Belichick's offense works. And they lost Deion Lewis. Okay, yeah. So, I don't... And again, I feel like we say this every year because the Patriots always lose guys who are household names who, who, the season yeah, before. Who we feel like are crucial. Right. And then, and then four months later, they're like, this guy, Derek Sharper. Exactly. Fucking, Derek Sharper is a perfect name yeah. for the... for the Random asshole. I don't even know. Is that a real player? No, that's not no, real. exactly. Right. And that's what the Patriots be, do. They exactly. pull like guys out of the bleachers. They're like, you, come here. I like, I like the way your feet work. I saw, I saw you walking up those steps. In every pod we've done, that's the best thing you've ever said. <laughs> Derek, so Sharper. Derek Sharper. Derek Sharper. Derek Sharper is is playing a, for the Patriots. Yes. I don't know could, any position too. Right. If I uh, if you could bet on individual player performance, and you told me <laughs> the Patriots in Week Three picked up Derek, Derek Sharper, Sharper to play slot receiver, I'd yeah. be like, that guy's gonna have a He's season. Five eleven. <laughs> yeah. Hundred and ninety five pounds. Yeah. Exactly. Just yeah, his, his, his brain's gonna be scrambled eggs in two years. But, oh, he'll be dead. Right. <laughs> he'll be dead before forty. Yeah. But um don't want like thirteen games. Yeah. So it's them, uh it's the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um 
The one thing about the Steelers is that they've been getting picked for like the past three seasons. Yeah. Just can't. I don't know why they can't do it. They've done it with kind of worse rosters before. That first Mike Tomlin year, that was just a bunch of... Ra- That's like a ragtag team of like just old jerk-offs who yeah. like... I guess it was just motivation. They're just like, we need to win this because mm-hmm. we're all about to retire. But then had those dudes there and retire. Like James Harrison was playing up until last season. Right. So like it doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. Well, I think... Um, oh, I'm going to blank on his name. Heinz Ward? No. Uh, Who's their coach? Mike Tomlin. Thank you. Yeah, I think Mike Tomlin, like he's the anti-Belichick in that way, where Belichick will cut a guy a year too early... As opposed to keeping oh. a year too long, I feel like I feel like um, Tomlin will keep a guy three years too long, yeah. and not risk like letting him go here too early. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, he'll keep a guy right. But then sometimes he's right, like with James. Harris. Oh. with James Harrison, because that's a guy. He's like what thirty six now. Yeah, they had cut. He's been cut like three times by the Steelers. And by the way, who picked him up when he got cut? The Patriots, exactly. And then what did he do? He played great. Yeah, but he's an he's an alien. He's one of he his is. sports like true. Like freak shows. Yeah. It's not a lot of guys. It's like Tim Duncan, him, Kareem, uh, George Foreman. Just guys who like when they're 35, you're like, they're done. And then he's like, nope. Right. <laughs> nah, man. He did retire, right? Like he's done. done I think now. he's done. Yeah, for he's sure. done for but sure. But he also retired two seasons ago. That's officially. true. That's true. And then we played for the Bengals and then went back to the city. He's, right. he's a weird guy. He's one of those football lifers. He's like... Yeah, I don't even think he could be a good coach because he would be one of those dudes, or like a position coach, because he'd be one of those dudes that's like they can't do what I do, so I don't know how to. Right. I can't get them to. Right. Can't get Michael. them to perform. Yeah. Michael, we're describing Michael. All those guys, yeah. Mike, Magic, Bird for a little bit. All these dudes were like, I thought that everybody could do this. Right. I thought it was easy. Yeah. No, nah, these guys suck. You ever have those times in life where there's like something you legitimately are good at? And yes. somebody will ask you, like, you know, like, I tend to be a fairly stress-free individual. Yes. I don't have a lot of anxiety. I don't, like, I certainly feel things like stress and sadness or whatever, but it doesn't, yeah. I don't have it long-term. And I tend to, like, I tend to be able to notice that there's a better way to see something that would lead to, like, greater mental health. And yeah. then I'll just choose to see it that You'll way. just do that. <laughs> I, I will just do that. And, like... I find myself like sometimes when I'm talking to people and like they can't escape this way that they're looking yeah. at something. And I realize in those moments, it's it's exactly what you're talking about. It's like, for whatever reason, brain chemistry, like just chemicals I have no control over, just my DNA added up it's to, just like, you know, yeah, this is like, the thing that you this. have. Right. And so, for other people, it's like, no, nah, I can't do that. So I'm five foot six with a lot of recessive genes, but I got that. So. You got that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what, what makes you sad? Let's go off topic. What makes you sad, do you think? What makes me sad? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, uh, my wife cheated and left a couple of years ago. That was pretty sad. Yeah. Um, you know, that was years ago, though. What's that? That was like a year and a half, two years ago, though. Uh, I mean, it depends on where we're measuring from. It's anywhere from two and a half to um, two years ago. Does that does it still bother you? you think sometimes? Uh, yeah, for sure. Like in a way that it always will, but it's at that level now. Well, like you're you're able to look past that part. Of your relationship life or history or whatever. Yeah. Like last night, I was at this barbecue last night, right? And um, the guy, Rich, who hosted, he um, he makes this like, it's really cheap. Like it's not like, you ever have like one of those alcoholic beverages that like you can't taste the alcohol, but it's, yeah. it's really super strong. strong anyway. yeah. Like yeah. a nutcracker? You had a nutcracker? No, it's a nutcracker. Or it's like a, it's like Quavo, vodka. But then it's like I think it's like pineapple. Okay, it's like mostly pineapple. So this is it. This is the same thing. It's like something a high. Like it's like a high like it's flavor like high, mixer. It's like it's something like, with it's something with the with a fruit that's overpowering mm-hmm. combined with an alcohol that will get you fucked up. Right. So this is this is a bottle of like some sort of lemonade and a bunch of strawberries dumped in, mm-hmm. and then it's a bottle of whiskey and a bottle mm-hmm. of. Vodka, I want to say, not oh, maybe yeah. not vodka, Some, uh, something like that, and then it's a bunch of triple sec. So it's, oh shit! So the thing is, over half alcohol, mostly alcohol, right? But because the juice is so strong and the sugar right. is in there, that's you all don't you can taste taste any of it. That's awesome. Um, 
And he doesn't use high end stuff. Like it's all it's just like the flavor he's mixes like, got, in such he's a way. Like, I got the thirty dollars. I'm gonna right. get all of you drunk. Yeah. <laughs> so so we were drinking that all night. And uh yeah, then I didn't know this about him, but apparently like when he gets drunk, he uh he throws on Whitney. And so Oh, that's great though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's lit. <laughs> so that but then I'm drunk and I'm like sitting there listening to Whitney and like, yeah, I got sad because like so much of her music like points back to like failed like failed you know relationships failed, failed relationships like things that fell apart emotional in the past. trauma her like ongoing like feelings about it and stuff like that and um yeah so um like in moments like that it'll hit me and it was funny because i left last night and i walked home and i threw whitney on my spotify and i went to bed and i woke up this morning and i jumped in the car and like my car will automatically connect my Bluetooth and then autoplay whatever Wait, what the last thing the last I was thing listening to. Yeah. And Whitney comes on this morning. I went, nope, we're not there <laughs> I can't anymore. Deal with it. <laughs> no, it's not I can't deal with it. It's uh, that like whatever I was feeling last night, that's dead that. gone it's right gone. now. Like, I don't know who that guy was last night. <laughs> oh, he had like shit. one too many of those things. Like I feel that sometimes. And I was sort of judging 12 hours ago me. You? Yeah, you're yeah. like, why are you like this? Right. So that's where like, you know, like... I'm mostly over it. Like, it doesn't linger. Like, it used to linger. Like, if I woke up the next day, I'd turn Whitney right back on and stuff, like, when I was really feeling it. But um, now I wake up the next day, and it's like, why are you even sad about that at all anymore? Just let it go. But I just know that, like, no, because that's how it goes. Like, if you had something meaningful in your life, and then it's gone, you're just going to have moments where, like, you remember it, and, like, you feel a thing. So, you just don't run from that. You sort of embrace it in the moment, and, like, you allow yourself to feel it, and... You know that, you know, whatever, an hour from now, it's not going to be there anymore. I gave my uh, kid's mom a hug earlier. And it was the first time she, like, hugged me back in, like, Whoa. years. Whoa. I was like, I was like, girl. Uh. <laughs> but we're not, we could never be together. But it was definitely was, like, a weird moment. Was like, I was like, you're soft. I remember this. I remember we used to hug all the time. We used to be best friends. I mean, just you describe it. I, I don't think I could do it. Like, I don't think I could it's do difficult. it. Like, I'm sure I would, like, you know, if something really sad happened and I was there, like, you know, I don't, I don't want to name a thing, but, like, if something really sad happened and, like, I was there, like, I'd probably yeah. give a hug. Um, and, like, yeah, I can't imagine, because, like, it would be so, there'd be so many memories wrapped up in it, like, so much emotional, like, yeah. What do you think you were at your happiest in life? Mm-hmm. Not just because of this, but it was 2009, okay. and the Yankees won the World Series. Okay. And it's not just because of that. It's not just because of that. It's not because of not, that, but it's not, was like, no, it, it was icing on the cake. A lot of stuff wrapped up in that. So, uh, a couple of things. Um, I was in grad school. I was yeah. toward the end of grad school. Yeah. So, my ex and I got married my second year of grad, like after my first year of grad school. We got married that summer. Okay. So, at this point, I was after my third year of grad school. Going, I mean, oh, I'm sorry. I was at the beginning of my fourth year of grad school. Okay. And we, that summer, I had gotten a job that, like a temporary job for the summer that mm-hmm. paid 25 an hour, Jeez. which is like the first time I had made like made real money, any kind here. of money. Um, like up until that point in my life, I'd never had a job other than waiting tables that paid more than $10 an hour. Like my first yeah. several internships in law school were 10 bucks an hour because it was all public interest stuff. Yeah. So this was 25 an hour. And then she had a job that paid, I want to say like 10 or 12 an hour. So like between the two of us, it was like, oh, this is real. We were doing like, this, good, is, yeah. this is like for 10 weeks we can do this and like we can save some money and like we did all that and we decided to splurge and get cable. And, <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry, not cable. We splurged and got the MLB package. So, That's ridiculous. What was that, like 300 bucks? Two? No, it was like 120, 130, something like that. That's surprising. So then we went to... Uh, Wait, for a full summer of just unlimited baseball games, it's only like 100 bucks? Yeah. 120? That's not bad at all, actually. No. So we, um, yeah, so we would like go out after work and stuff like that. Like me with like people I worked with, her with people she worked with, whatever. And we go back to the apartment and like we just, and on nights when we didn't go out, we would just sit around and watch baseball because like even though we were making some money, like you still wanted to like not go out Spend every night. Spend all your shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so we would just sit around and watch baseball. And so she, when I, I met her when the, Red Sox beat the Yankees in the 2004 ALCS, and we almost didn't work from the jump because of the funk I was in for like three or four weeks. Um, And so then a couple years went by, um, 
she would like watch baseball or go to baseball games with me or whatever. But right before the wedding, she told me she hated baseball. Oh, shit. I, I, I literally had like a mini panic attack. I was like, how did I miss this? How did I yeah. miss that you hate baseball? Like, yeah. how is that possible given how baseball. much I love baseball? Yeah. And so, um, uh, so from there until 2009, right? Like 2008, um, I, we watched the playoffs together and stuff like that. And I would, I, I got to a point. She actually taught me a lot about how to like introduce people to sports. Yeah. Because there are times she would ask questions and I would laugh at her, like, "Oh, you're so stupid." Yeah, you, know, you don't know how this. it works. And like, she told me at one point, like, you know, that doesn't make me want to ask questions about it, right? That makes me want to not engage with like the stuff you care about. So like, <laughs> if you want me to care about this, you need to find a better way to like deal with like the questions I ask that you think are stupid, um, or else I'm just not going to do it. And I was like, and it was one of those moments. There are times where somebody says something rough like that to you and you fight back. Yeah. This is one of those moments I was just like, oh, that's a hundred percent right. I'm really sorry. Yeah. I don't. I was just going to say, that's the perfect way to, the, to deal with that with the way I, I know you. It's the perfect way to approach it with you. It's just to be like, really, li- like right. li- really upfront. Like, listen, man. Yeah. This is for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm not, I don't get that much out of it. What I get out of it is what you give to me. So yeah. if you want to keep having that feeling going, you have to show me. You have to show me. Yeah. So from that moment forward, I did a lot better with stuff like that. And I started telling, like, the cool stories. And, like, the Yankees have lots of cool stories. Yeah. And so every great, year. Great drama. And you can always throw back to, like, old stories. Joe DiMaggio, Marilyn, Babe, and... um uh Gehrig and like you know the Mick on and on and on and so um yeah then in 2008 we lost to the Indians in I think the division series and it was the midges game um there were these little bugs that's a midge yeah um and they swarmed uh the field in Cleveland and Jabba the height of Jabba mania um, like he was untouchable as a reliever and like he got distracted by the bugs wow, and bugs. like gave up a bunch of hits and like the Indians ended up winning and they took the series. And I remember Tell saying, this hurts. I was like, what do you mean it hurts? And she's like, like, I don't feel good about this. This doesn't feel good. And I was like, You're like welcome. <laughs> and, and I, and then like, I wanted to have this like, no shit, it hurts like moment. And I remember the thing that remember she, said. she said, like, I mean, I, by that point I was conditioned well enough to not respond like that. And I just went, Oh, this is really good. Welcome to being a fan. Welcome. welcome. This yeah. is this, this is, is what all, it is. This is all sports is. This but. is a, this is a spark. And I said next season is going to be good because this is a good team. Wow. We're going to be good next year. Like next season will be fun. So the next season is when we got the baseball package. We just watched. I probably saw eighty percent of the games that year complete. First pitch to Are last you pitch. We did nothing but just like sit around on the couch. Like, like how was that? Like one hundred and thirty games. One hundred and forty. Yeah, something games? like that. Like, because when we would study, we would just have baseball on. Oh, oh, because you both were in school. She was we were both in, in school. school. Yeah. So like in the summer when we weren't in school, we weren't spending a lot of money. So it was like it was the 2009 equivalent of Netflix and chill. We would just like sit around on the couch and like watch um, baseball, watch baseball, and then fucking go to bed. And um, so, and then we won the World Series that year. And like she got so into it that season. Like it was not only fun for me because it was like a return of like. You know, went in. I was about to be done with grad school, which I was really ready to be done so with good. grad school. So there was like a lot of relief from that. And um, and like I said, she got so into it. Like at one point, we were up at my folks' house and we had the game on. And um, they, Mark Tushera, I think that's right. Mark Tushera was up, runners at second and third, and they intentionally walked Tushera. And she got really mad. She's like, I hate when they do this. And I was like, why? And she said, because it's stupid. Just pitch to the guy. And I was like, well, I know, but they'd rather pitch to the guy after him and first base is open. She's like, I know. I get it. I understand the strategy. I just think that, like, it's stupid that you're that afraid of him. You're just not going to pitch to him. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, if yeah. anything, that gives him a lot of confidence yeah. as, a, as a hitter. And I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So then A-Rod comes up because A-Rod was what was hitting behind Teixeira. And so, like, it's just funny that you're avoiding Mark Teixeira to get to, get to A-Rod. A-Rod. That's funny. You just, like, wasted your opportunity to really make something happen. So A-Rod comes up and drills one over the warning track, and she's just screaming at the television, that's what you get, like, just screaming <laughs> at the television. And um, so she got really into it, and then we won. And it was just, like, a lot of fun. I was about to be done with law school. We were in a really good spot in our relationship. Like, I mean, it was just a lot of stuff came together. And the Yankees won the World Series. Like, I mean... Yeah, it was a high point. You're, ten, you're almost 10 years removed from that now. We are. Yeah. Wait, 20? 10. 10. Yes, we're almost 10 years removed. I'm sorry. Yeah. 10, um, it's, 2000, it's 2018. 
Yeah. So, before we get off of the NFL, um, do you care about the anthem stuff anymore? No, I'll never care. Oh, let players me should, let me ask a different question. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, do you have anything to say about it at this point? Players should be able to do what they want. I of think, course, that's true, I the, right? I think the some of the comments from a few owners, the Texas owner, Trump, and just some dudes are just in poor taste. Yeah. The one, the guy that owns the Texans was like, it's like you're letting the prisoners run the prison. Yeah. And that's not, these guys are employees. They're not indentured servants. Yeah. They make you a lot of money. You shouldn't talk about them like they're a burden on you. Right. Or like you're babysitting them. Right. You should talk to them like you're, like they're your, uh, not even peers, just somebody that you have respect for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the, I think the stuff that came out a few months ago about like those owners meetings where they discussed it. I think a lot of the owners feel the same way. Um, and they're just afraid because they think that like they'll lose money and fans. Yeah. If they, football is so big in non major cities, right? So every place where it isn't really diverse, people love football in the Midwest and the South. Yeah. Where it's more, it's majority white. Yeah. And you could understand how, these people can be like, we don't want to alienate or make these dudes feel like, because the simple, Matt, the simple, everybody isn't racist. Everybody doesn't believe that uh, everything these cops are doing is in like a total just fashion. Like we don't, a lot of people don't believe that these people are 100% right and that these other group of people are 100% wrong. But there is a feeling that when you do look a certain way on both sides, that it is it is wrong to get categorized into like a person who hates somebody as opposed to somebody who should be loved. Mm-hmm. And it is really very weird to be like, all oh, these fucking fucking white dudes in the South and the Midwest, man, these racist assholes from Tulsa and fucking Alabama. Yeah, it does it it does rub people the wrong way. So I I could definitely try because I try to understand why somebody would be against some of these protests. Yeah, and it's not like everybody isn't like that. And I, I understand, but there is a problem. So there's a problem. These guys should be able to say it. You should be able to say that there's a problem. Yeah, that's what Trump. Trump's whole platform when he ran was like, "There's a problem. America is not what it should be." Yeah. And all these all these same motherfuckers was like, "Yeah." And then yeah, somebody that's brown is like, "Man, this kind of sucks here." And they're like, "You be grateful, you millionaire." But when you think about it. The people that they're saying this to, these athletes like LeBron, and we were going to talk about that, LeBron and these football players, these are guys who are kind of the opposite of Trump because they actually had to work for a lot of it. You know, LeBron doesn't have a... All these athletes don't have real childhoods when you think about it. Yeah. When you realize that you're good at a sport at 12 or 13, and now you're spending 50 hours a week playing basketball, football, soccer, and baseball, you're just constantly playing the sport. Kids in DR, in the Caribbean islands. Yeah. Motherfuckers from all across the country just constantly playing sports. Yeah. Just, that's all you do. Yeah. That's different than what somebody like Trump has been through. Because he just, he was born with money. He, right. He might have had to do some work for it to get to where he is now. But it's it's a lot different to be born with $10 million as opposed to just work seven summers straight to get $10 million. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think, you're, I think the thing you said about uh, not everybody's a racist... I think that's right, and like trying to understand like people's viewpoint. One of the things that struck me, and like I think this is part of what's made the protest successful from the standpoint that it, we're still talking about it, which is the point of any protest. Um, but also the thing that I think dis- detracts from the message, and this would be the hard thing for me if I was like if I was Colin or if I was Earl Weaver or if I was. Um, Who's that dude from Malcolm Jenkins from yeah, the yeah, Eagles? Yeah, the Eagles. if I was like somebody like this and I was trying to decide, like, here's what I want to see different. How do I go about <laughs> it? This would be a really hard thing for me. So, like, I remember being in school and um, learning about how there was a lot of like political tension in the 70s and people burned American flags. I more easily remember that people burned American flags than I remember why they burned American flags. Yes. Like, I don't remember that people were really upset about Vietnam and protesting, like, the draft and, like, soldiers being forced to go die for a cause they didn't believe in. Yeah. I remember people burned American flags. Like, the symbol of the protest was so powerful, it mm-hmm. overwhelmed the message a bit. And while I don't understand that with this kneeling thing, I think it's where a lot of the people...
people you're talking about who aren't racist but are objecting to this, like, come in where they're like, I'm totally fine with, like, what you're hitting me with. Um, I'm not fine with, like, the way you're doing it. So, yeah. like, if I'm somebody who's trying to make a point, I love how powerful the symbol is because it's going to keep you talking about it. It's going to keep it in your face, and that's yeah. kind of what I'm all about. And this is so, something that you're not going to miss. You're not going to miss these sun- these Sundays. Right. I mean, exactly. So I would want to do it for that reason. But then I would wonder, like, everybody's talking about, like, kneeling during the flag. What I'm trying to talk about is, like, the unfair way minorities are treated in this country. Um, I don't want to be talking about flags. I don't want to be talking about anthems. I want to be talking about, like, the issue I care about. But the symbols, like, overwhelmed it. Whereas, like, you know, if they found, like, a less a less shocking, and it's not shocking to me, but a less shocking to, like, these other people, like, form of, like, you know, doing this, nobody'd be talking about it. You would just like make your point, yeah. and everybody'd go, "That's nice." Can we watch the football now? And that's what happens. And this would be like probably one of the last things we could just say because we gotta get out of here soon. But what happens is, oh yeah, dudes in all sports are mad. They give back a lot. It doesn't matter what sport you pick. It doesn't matter what color the guy is. Athletes give back so much because most of them come from lower middle class. Yeah. Poverty stricken. Even yeah. it doesn't matter what color, they all come from the same. So the, all these guys, you think about LeBron, who's from a horrible neighborhood, yeah, Akron, Ohio. You think about Jalen Rose, who also has a school, who's from Detroit. Hundreds of these dudes are constantly giving back, and when they are giving back, nobody is saying anything. Yeah. So now it's just like we have to figure out a way to get you idiots to talk about this. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if my image is tarnished or anything. I just want you to realize what. Yeah, what what I'm fighting for. Yeah, I think you're right. I think a couple hundred of us really rich athletes can't make a difference like all by ourselves. Takes, so we need you all to pay attention. Yeah, we need you to realize yeah. that like you know it would be easier if everybody was on the same page for once. Yeah, I, I think that's right. We're get, we're getting close to some type of breakthrough with American culture, and just like as a as a whole, is this, the bar is slowly raising. The bar was very low for like a long time. It's always kind of low. Yeah, but people are trying to raise it. I on, mean, on both sides, and I don't want to make it seem like people who don't vote the same as me and who don't identify the same way as me are totally pieces of shit. There are people out there on both sides of the aisle that want that want things to be better. They might have different ways to reach that point. But yeah. I, I I try to respect that people people come from different places and they want they want things to happen a certain way, just like how I want things to happen a certain way. So I just have to respect that everybody. We, are, we nobody wants to live in a, a shitty place. Yeah, I do the same thing, and I do it mostly because I know they're not doing it. Like yeah. I was having this talk with a buddy recently, and like he's like at a level of angry where like he just wants to like discount people, not just their opinions, like people. Like no, yeah. just it's I'm like, done. I'm done. And um, yeah, and I, I try to tell him like, I mean, that's what they do. Like the way that you know that you're like yeah. in a more reasonable and rational place is that you don't come at it well in the compromise it's Um, like batman batman is doesn't kill because he doesn't want to end up like the joker right yeah so um this this is probably a good like ending point um i think part of what drive and it's i think we can all agree that like I think everything we just said is right, but the biggest problem for the nfl is that this topic is still going on but they're also trapped by that because they're not going to get every player to stop. And as long as there's one player, um, you know, taking a knee or like sitting out the anthem or whatever, the president's going to tweet about it because it's good for his business that yeah. he does that. And it trashes the NFL. So the NFL's stuck and trapped. You know, I think the NFL could. Well, so there's two things I'd say about that. One, the one thing I think the Roger Goodell could do that would completely change his narrative is to come out tomorrow and be like, we don't care what happens during the anthem or we're not playing an anthem anymore. Like, you know, something like that. And if you don't like that, please feel free to do something else with your Sunday. And there's no way more than 10% of their audience goes anywhere. Like people are going to watch football. They're going to watch. So I think he could do that. I think he completely changed his like narrative and you're not trapped anymore. Now you are free to operate. You can do whatever you want. The president can't tweet anymore because you've said it's done. Tweet away, dude. We Stop don't giving him care. the power. He's talking about guys right. getting fined. Yeah. And then people are like, should they get fined? Like this guy isn't even a part of this organization. He's never has been. Right. He's never been a part of it. No, he wanted to be, and he wanted they to be, and, and they had to. Wasn't he a part of the XFL? Or whatever. Yeah. Their first iteration. Yeah. So the other thing that I have to say is that as much as Trump can do that to the NFL, and as weird as it is, how what cultural power and sway he has, you know who he can't mess with? Who? LeBron James. Oh, he can't at all. 
LeBron is untouchable. One tweet, and within 24 hours, his wife came out and said, LeBron's a great guy. LeBron's a great man. I would would love to go visit that school. Yeah. We heard nothing more from the president. Like, the president, like... right the fuck up. (laughs) Done. Like, I've never seen a SmackDown, like... That's when LeBron runs for president. While he's still playing in the NBA six years from now. (laughs) Right. He's playing with his son, and he's like, I'm America's dream. While running for president. He's like, I'm America's dream, as he dunks a basketball. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to get out of here. I have to pee again. This was a great episode. Pretty short for what we're used to do, because sometimes Tom flies and we're here for like two hours. Well, I mean, it flew again, but um, yeah, I think it's good. We'll do the NBA next time. We didn't get yeah. to the NBA. Um, Tiger will probably be off of it by then. I mean... Nah, he might be. I, he might I don't hang have around. A, he yeah, he'll be in the Ryder Cup. Half. He'll probably be a Ryder Cup pick, so we could talk about that. It's just fun having him back. Yeah, it's fun. Tiger's the man. You made a good point earlier that like, and this is, we can sign off on this, the... Uh, the great part about Tiger is that we all love him because he cares so much about winning and yeah, he really hates yeah, losing. Yeah. And that's why we watch sports. That's why we watch sports because we love to win. We hate to lose. I got to pee. It's your boy Sweet Dog. And this is and that's Will. Chris is over there staring at his phone. He has to go. We love you guys. Bye. <laughs>